You're listening to the newest podcast from Radii China. Here we're going to talk to guests of different backgrounds from various industries, each with their own story, in the hope of challenging some of our own perspectives by hearing things from another angle. I'm Wes Chen, and you're listening to China from All Angles. I met friends from all over the world, and then I actually realized that there are so many value system. And the、uh, one thing is just to respect that. Even though I have been paying so much attention, I'm a hip hop fan. I love hip hop. I love black culture. But there's still things that I just really don't understand. I'm not, you know, one of them. I'm one of us. Living in China or living in America, it's subconsciously very biased information. Once you have the tool to. Equally view these two sources of information, you know they may be kind of biased, but you have the capability to distinguish them. It, it just make you feel more safe. The most important, I think, just made me think in a different perspective and、uh, just to accept more things. China from all angles is brought to you by East West Bank, the premier financial bridge between the U.S. and China. East West Bank offers unparalleled services for individuals and companies who build connections between the two countries. East West Bank bridging cultures, bridging opportunities, bridging dreams. For more info, visit eastwestbank.com. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. All right, I'm here right. with the three members of Straight Fire Gang. Gang. Yeah. XZT, Chuck Ziga, and Feezy. Welcome、mm-hmm. to the show, guys. Yeah, happy to be here, yo. Yeah. Thank you for having us. To start off, if each of you can just say where you're from, and maybe say a couple of your influences.、Mm-hmm. Okay. Alright.、Uh, I'm from Hangzhou, and uh, uh, I've been in UCLA with Feezy, and、uh, after that, I came back to、uh, Guangzhou for two years to work in WeChat. And then, like, just do rap until now. Just do rap. Just do uh, rap. My major influence maybe Kendrick Lamar,、uh, J Cole. Yeah. Okay. Chuck Ziga. How about you? Yeah, I'm Chuck Ziga. I was born in Chongqing, but、uh, you know, people know me as the Prince of Shanghai because I came here, you know, at ten years old. And、uh, I was、uh, I was not at UCLA. I went to study at Liberals College called Swarthmore College, and、uh, went on to study at the <coughs> University of Chicago for masters. And I came back to to China, and now I've been doing rap. You know,、um, you know, I've been I've been making rap with the、uh, Feezy in high school. You know, so it's been a while. And、uh, my、uh, biggest influences: Young Thug, Two Chains,、um, Lil Wayne, and、um, uh, Lupe Fiasco. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you can say that too. Yeah,、okay. You can say that too. Because every time we get asked、uh, this question, I was trying to come up with something、like, different. Different.、So、yeah, he doesn't、yeah. want to say like Kanye. You know, he doesn't want to say like, like every single time. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, uh, uh, my name is Feezy. I'm from Shanghai, and then uh, yeah, go to UCLA for college, and then come back. Like with XZT, we 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 were colleagues for two years. We、uh-huh. we were、uh, doing the product management thing in Guangzhou, and then come back and do rap. And then, <laughs>、uh, and then my biggest influence is yeah, have to have to have to、Kanye、say it, Kanye West. And then,、uh, yeah, the Kendrick Lamar,、uh, Dude, Lupe Fiasco. Dude, you have to say Travis Scott, man. If、the、you、Travis、don't say Scott, Travis Scott,、yeah. you're lying. <laughs> like, but yeah, there's a lot of like woke rappers as my earlier like influence. But、mm. right now,、uh, 
I, I think I'm my own inspiration. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Damn. That's cool. Damn. Yeah. So all of you guys named as your influences are all American rappers. Yeah, yeah that's pretty true. Much. You guys have no influential older Chinese rappers that. Uh, probably like because like when we start doing this shit, uh, start doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I start doing this like we all listen to uh, American hip hop because at that time like Chinese hip hop doesn't even have a scene here. Yeah. Well, for me, if if you have to say one, I mean, I really like a uh, guy before he went on the you know the the, the show pretty much. So because I'm from Chongqing, so I can relate you know to what he was saying. I think a lot of the lyrics is really real. Growing up in Chongqing, so, but yeah, main, mainly you know when we were you know kids, pretty much like there were the hip hop that we listened to is pretty much as American ones. And um, you know, when I was in high school, this guy you know listened listened to Eminem all the time. And um, you know, I'm a big Kanye and Lil Wayne fan, so um, pretty much you know that's that's the influence growing up. Okay, Chuck, I saw in another interview that. Your mom encouraged you to learn English through music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was that really helpful? It was. Well, here's the thing. I think she wants me to listen to like Beatles okay. or like uh, you know just whatever like 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 you know pretty much like Michael Jackson. You know something that's more pop. You know more mainstream. But uh, somehow I found my way to hip hop. You know there was a we, we, I, I was getting like pirate CDs on the on the like those local stores and. Um, I don't even think the the CD makers know what's in that, uh -huh. but I just picked them up and I happened to really like you know these couple songs and it's by Lil Wayne by Kanye West so you know and I just kind of went with that. Do you think that listening to the lyrics helped you learn English or like how much did culture play uh -huh. a part in learning English? Well, I think the well first of all just because I listen to a lot of hip hop so I remember I was the only one in class middle school has with the iPod Shuffle. Like the tiny ones, and then uh, even though it's on shuffle all the time, it's always rap. So that helps me um, pick up a lot of vocabulary. Also, find the flow of like speaking English. You know, just how people pronounce things and how how you know people express their feelings and things. So that definitely helped. But also, you know, when I uh, when I got to high school and I pretty much got more internet connection. <laughs> just learning how they talk, seeing seeing the rappers do interviews, seeing them go on shows, seeing them perform. You know, that definitely also helped a lot, you know. So, yeah. I also saw in an interview you said that in your songs you won't necessarily learn about American culture, but you'll learn about what it's like being Chinese in America. Yeah. Because all three of you studied in the U.S. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, is, is that a topic that you think a lot of Chinese listeners are curious about. Well, uh, so I've been—I mean, I've been looking at comments a lot, and mm -hmm. I know. Uh, so I've been talking to like a bunch of because I worked with uh, students because I actually run a summer camp, mm -hmm. and a lot of the summer camp kids—they're much younger, you know—but they're a lot of uh, a lot of them. They know straight fire gang. A lot of them are people who are going to study abroad. They like us because we talk about like we we talk about experiences that they think they're going through. They think um, they can relate to, and a lot of the our fans are current students that are uh, abroad. You know, uh, and um, especially in this past year, we're we're, we're actually because a lot of those people who are studying abroad are trapped here. So we are actually we saw a lot of you know international students come to our tours because they're pretty much just going online here in China. So and I think a lot of them express that you know they 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 really fuck with the fact that we stood up for them. Mm. You know, we we discussed the, the, these issues and we talk about the Asian identity, and um, yeah, I think definitely. That's a major major part of our you know um, lyrics. Yeah. Okay. So XCT and Feezy, you guys both went to UCLA. Yeah. There's a <coughs> lot more overseas Chinese students there. 
yeah. Yeah. and oh, a yeah, lot like a five, more. Five, uh, three to five hundred, like every every class. year, every class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just in California, generally, there's a lot more Asians. Yes, sir. Do you guys think that you experience the same amount of culture shock, maybe than Chuck did in Swarthmore? Really, yeah, yeah. I think maybe at the beginning it wasn't as much as Chuck's because like there is a bunch of like Asian community, maybe even like Chinese community right. to like uh, social with, but like after. A couple uh, after a while, like me and Fizzy joining a fraternity, mm-hmm. and then like we kind of like a social uh, had, like more <laughs> more American friends and maybe <laughs> more culture shock at that time. But I, I think it's comparatively the same to my understanding because I know him since high school. We're high school friends. He has been preparing himself with American culture mm-hmm. uh, in high school, so he kind of get used to some some of the environment, you know. But like we were like fresh off the boats when we got there, so even though we got a lot more Asian or a lot more Chinese Chinese there, but the amount is kind of similar. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. Would you consider fresh off the boat an insult? Uh, uh yeah. I mean, it depends on like the way you said it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For me, I mean, it could be a joke. It could be uh, just something that you say to someone. But um, if you mean it, like you're saying, like you're fucking immigrant, like that, you know, that would be very, very, you know, offensive. So, but I, I actually never really heard anybody said that to me. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Did yeah. you guys encounter any kind of discrimination I actually, or? I I kind of hate the fact that a lot of like. Cause there, there's one time there's a there's a Chinese girl, that she, I mean, uh, how do you say? It? She she kind of just as as Chuck, she's uh, really familiar with uh, a lot of American culture and then go to the uh, college and hang out with a lot of uh, white friends, American friends. I hate the fact that she referring to other Chinese as fresh off the boat. Mm. Cause it, it, this is kind of like oh that's fun. off limit for me. Yeah, that's really And then, um, yeah, but that's the one thing I really hate, yeah. yeah. So being discriminated, actually, by other Chinese people. Mm-hmm. Think you're not America. American enough. I, I, yeah, that's the fact I don't fuck with. You said before that social awareness and the East-West bridge are always a main characteristic of you guys as a group. Mm-hmm. Why is this important to you guys? Because I think we're one of the few that are in the position to really talk about this, you know, because we are one of the few that, one, has been there, done that, came back. Um, and, uh, you know, we, uh, I, I just feel like, you know, we're going, a lot of people are going through the same thing. And I feel like, you know, it's uh, not only do we have the power to do it, but we're also, it's also kind of our responsibility to kind of share what we've been through. And uh, it's, and uh, the thing is, like, going through the States, going through, uh, being international students is something that um, is very, people have different feel, feelings about it. You know, a lot of people will be like, you know, you, you guys want to study abroad, so you guys must be a bunch of rich assholes, pretty much. And, uh, but it, while, while being in the different cultures is already really challenging to us, you know, there are so many struggles and people that don't really understand. And then from the American side, people be like, okay, you guys are a bunch of rich fucks and just coming to our country and then just, you know, driving the crazy cars and buying luxury brands and just being assholes. And then they will give us disc- discriminations on their level too. So it's like already there is so much misunderstanding and uh, a lot of people just don't understand what we're going through. So I think it is very important for, for us to stand up and just let them know that, okay, this is the type of shit that we go through. You know, to, to, a, to, to a good extent, it worked. So a lot of people really resonated with what we're talking about. Do you think Chinese 
international students in America are treated much differently than other international students? Yeah, I think I would say so. I think so. Asian students in general. Yeah, I though? would say so. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe what? maybe also relates to the amount, like uh, of the Chinese students, because yeah. like uh, for maybe other, from other countries, there's like one or two. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, but the thing is, especially with COVID. It's just getting worse, you know. Like, well, maybe when I was there, you know, I, d- I didn't feel like. Well, obviously, there's racism, there's um, there's discrimination, and uh, a lot of times it's not in your face. A lot of times it's just like, okay, this company is not gonna hire you because there's so many Asian people uh, applying, so you can't you cannot stand out because of your background, like something like that. That's also kind of you know discrimination. It's just like institutional, right? But right now, like people will literally assault you on the streets. Like people will literally like call you like slurs like on the street just because you look like this so that just makes it even more important for us to stand up you know to talk about this and let people know that we're not we're not just somebody to to fuck with you know yeah so we talk about this east-west bridge when you guys were studying in the u.s that was pre-covid oh yeah 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 yeah. pre-donald trump Uh do you feel like that that bridge has been broken down somewhat in recent years Well, the bridge is harder to cross. I think you know it's um, yeah, like you said, Trump, COVID, and all these things going on, and you know a lot of us just not being there, you know, because a lot of people are being sent back, and that this fall is the first time, you know, like um, a lot of the students are going back, so we don't really know like when these people go back what they're go what, what they're going to go through. So that's something we're gonna see, we're gonna pay attention to, and um, actually my girlfriend is going back in the fall. So that's something I've been, you know, paying close attention to. But I imagine when they go back, because there are a lot of them going back, you know, people in the States will talk shit. They will talk shit, you know, at least. You know, and, uh, you know, there could be violence. There could be, you know, anything that's, that, that happens. And uh, But they have already heard, you know, like a lot of um, pretty disgusting comments, you know, on social media and, uh, you know, even from their school's Facebook page, things like that. Just like tell us to stay here and don't, don't come back and that type of shit. So, you know... Yes, I would say the bridge is hardest to cross for sure. Yeah. Uh, one thing to add on, I think not only from the like American perspective, like in China generally these years is getting more xenophobia, I think, mm-hmm. and and uh, just people is not willing to share their experience, like traveling abroad or studying abroad, internet online, and um, it seems like people just feel discouraged to share their experience mm-hmm. of like associate with something abroad. Yeah. Okay, uh, we were talking about COVID just now. Uh, I know, Chuck, you have a song called Bad Soup. Yeah, yeah. So this is a song that uh, you wrote after you guys came back, so it's more recent of yeah. a song. Yeah. And it's in English, yeah. partly English, partly full, full, full English. Full English. Yeah, yeah full English. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about the inspiration to write this song. Yeah, so, well, I wrote it, like, during, like, the first quarantine, so, like, when it just started. So, uh, there was pretty much, like, we just got there, like, we were just reading a lot of news and see what's going on, and there was a lot of Asian hate, and especially, like, the first couple things I remember is that in Europe, the people are just beating Asian people, like, on the streets, and then, like, in in the States, same thing is happening, and a lot of people are blaming it on the bad soup. And uh, my, the concept of my album, Omakase, is to, is to basically make every song a dish, and then uh, to present it as a set, uh, like a, as, a, as a menu. Mm. So basically this menu, each song is a dish. We have nigiri, we have bat soup, uh, we have, you know, goat on my steak and uh, yakitori. So these are all stand for different things. But bat soup is, this, is a song that, you know, where I, I really want to let out the emotion where 
even though I'm I'm safe at home, but there are people out there just getting getting beat up, you know, just because they think that we eat bat we drink bass soup and that was really fucked up. And the one thing we can do to help them as rappers being at home is to make a song to tell them that we're not we're, we're we're nobody to fuck with, pretty much. I would think that food is something that could bring cultures together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, right now I'm eating. Some uh, food. Yeah. yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Very California, right? Yeah. But actually, a lot of immigrants in America will also experience discrimination because mm. of their food. Yeah. Like pe- Koreans, maybe people will say, oh, your kimchi, your house yeah, smells, yeah. or the f- your lunchbox yeah. smells funny. Yeah. <clears throat> so would you say food is something that is more of separating people or bringing people together well they're just using it as a tool Mm. yeah well it's uh i think you know in most cases food is something that brings people together because even the racist motherfuckers they like to eat kimchi they like to eat the kebabs you know like they still eat that they they, they still go to the new york like the delis go to like those halal guys carts you know like they still go and they eat it even though they talk shit about it but when they taste it they know it's good but people can use it to attack people like you said, kimchi, you know, to, to call them, like, you smell like kimchi, you smell like, you know, whatever, you know, like, like you know, basu is just another thing. You know, they just it's just something that's foreign that they call it to, they, they just pretty much blame the whole COVID situation on that one dish. And uh, that dish, you know, they have never heard about it before. And frankly, I don't even think we, I, I mean, none of us had basu before. I don't right. think it's a real thing. Maybe some people do. Maybe like a very, like, small group of people do. But they would just highlight that. And make it like the center of pretty much the social media's, um, you know, whatever they're discussing, and uh, they would just use that to attack. So it can bring people together, but when people are using it to, to as a as a tool of, um, you know, offending people, they can obviously do that. Now in America, there's also a swinging back from the more woke people, mm-hmm. and there's also sometimes talk online about white America appropriating ethnic food yeah yeah for sure you mean like some white people opening a asian restaurant yeah yeah, yeah. something so, like okay. that so what, what would you guys think about that topic well first of all i wouldn't go because i would go to chinatown <laughs> like you know if i wanted something but the line is very uh th- there's a gray area between like you know okay fusion food and the appropriation because if you go to like you know some really well uh, you know well respected well respected Michelin restaurants, these are white people cooking. There are some Asian influences. People wouldn't call it cultural appropriation. You know, people are okay with it. But if there's a, for example, I, I remember like, it's not food, but there's like a bunch of white girls, well, white ladies, just selling like mahjong sets. That's super luxury, and that people will. That's you know cultural appropriation. So there's a line. There's a there's a. But the line is you know very. It's different for everybody. You know, I think the mahjong thing is fucked up. But I feel like going to a Michelin restaurant and they serve, serve you like a Western version of dim sum. I, w- I don't think I would stand up and be like, hey, fuck you guys, right? Right. So it's, um, you know. It, it's like hip hop in China. What? what? It's like the, the hip hop. Oh, yeah, in China yeah, yeah, is. yeah, yeah. You know, so it's a gray area. You know, it's very hard to define. It, you know, it depends on, you know, how you feel about everything, I think. And, um, yeah. I think it depends on how you, like, uh, understand the culture in the first place. Mm-hmm. And because if you. Like you don't understand it and you don't appreciate it, and you just wanna make it look cool, uh, adding some like Asian sauce. It it, it just it's a dumb thing to do. Yeah. yeah. So were you guys rapping and doing music when you were in the states? Yeah. 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 Did you receive any backlash or any comments 
about doing something that in the States would be recognized as black culture or African-American culture? Uh, I don't think there is such... We, 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 how, many black friends, how many black friends you have at UCLA, man? Uh, like three. I have friends two NBA players. But because mainly because we rap in Chinese and people just don't know about it. And uh, and back then, hip hop is is already kind of like going mainstream. So it, I don't think it's or it's still labeled as black people music mm. back then. So yeah, I think we. Yeah, I mean, it's d- cool. Depends on what we're talking about, you know. Depends yeah. on what we're talking about. Like, uh, so <clears throat> I actually shared uh, one of my earlier songs. It's called uh, a basically a song uh, discussing like the United Airlines incident mm-hmm. where they beat up like an Asian customer and dragged him off the airplane. So that song, it was uh, even though it was well, my verse was half English, half Chinese, and I shared it with uh, like three like fellow rappers who are all black. So I sent it to them, and they all really liked it. Because, you know, I was talking about, like, something that's happening to us, to our people. And, um, you know, it was, they, they were totally cool with it. You know, they, they think it sounds cool. They're talking about something that, you know, is, is happening to us. But, um, you know, if we're talking about something like, you know, just talking about getting dreadlocks, you know, just getting, getting like, very, I mean, well, this, you know, we kind of talk about it, you know, in a bit. But, you know, if we're just talking about, like, eat, like okay, getting, like, fried chicken and shit, like, that, that, would, that would definitely wouldn't be fine, right? That, if we're just copying their stuff. If we're just copying, you know, like, um, like, like personally, I, w- I don't really fuck with like uh, Chinese rappers talking about like they, like they're doing crimes, like doing violence, because like you don't really do that. Like shit. Like gangster rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you don't really do that shit, but you're, you you insist in your songs that that's you. Then that I think wouldn't be okay. Yeah. Okay, uh, you talk about fried chicken just now. You have another song called <laughs> Yeah, White Meat, Dark Meat. Yeah. So what is this song about? So this song is about, uh, it's a real life experience. So I went to, there's a place called Harold's Chicken in New Chicago. Uh, one of my favorite restaurants in Chicago. So I went there and I, want, I just want some fried chicken, right? Uh, and uh, the thing, and, and I think I know black culture because I'm a hip hop person and I love rap. And I, 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 you know, basically everything related to hip hop, like basketball, sneakers, fashion. I pay attention to these. I follow these for a long time. And um, I went into the store and I, I tried to order chicken, and they only have chicken, but I still didn't know how to order because they were basically asking you, do you want white meat or do you want dark meat? But I have no idea what is white meat and what is dark meat. And I asked the lady, and the lady just thought I was really dumb. I was just like, you know, very like, you know, uh, as like a, you know, a Chinese person walking to the store, and then you have no idea what white meat is, what dark meat is. So she explained it to me, and it, I mean, the whole thing was just very natural. She just explained what it is, what it is. So I ordered, but that just made me feel like, even though I have been play- paying so much attention, I'm a hip hop fan. I love hip hop. I love black culture. But there's still things that I just really don't understand. I'm not, you know, one of them. I'm one of us, and I'm an outsider. There's so many things that we need to pay attention to to understand them, and that is why a lot of people can, you know, offend people without not intentionally mm. uh, do it. So that just made me re- reflect on a lot of things, like especially like Asian people these days. They love hip hop. They love, you know, basketball, sneaker, fashions, whatever, street culture. Um, but they, you know, they got, at the end of the day, they got to realize, you know, it's their culture. And, uh, you know, a lot of times it's their culture and you got to respect them. You got to try to understand them and then realize that no matter how cool you are, no matter how much time you spend investigating, researching and uh, making friends with them, you got to be respectful. I think that's the, that's the point of it. You want some chicken? Oh, <laughs> oh, it's not fried chicken though, so, you know. Yeah. It's dark meat. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Mm. Another thing that happened 
in America right before COVID or right about at the same time was the George Floyd incident, mm -hmm. the whole BLM movement. If you guys could just talk about maybe the differences of racism in America versus racism in China. Yeah. Simply put, like racism in China basically means ignorance yeah. about other culture. Yeah. And then uh, in America, it's more like I don't know. They, they, there, there's like some pre-assumptions about what you're gonna do. Uh, like, if you see a black person walk into to the to the elevator, you will be afraid to uh, standing with them in the elevator. But in China, like the IE will be just so curious and maybe touching his hair, and mm. you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. different. Yeah, I think the difference is that in in the states, the racism exists. Because there is a racial diversity, because there are different groups living in it, living there, and people see a lot of the other, you know, around you. So um, you know, people have that experience, and people insult you based on the fact that they see you. But in China, like you said, it's ignorance. People like there's you know very little racial diver diversity here, and there are a lot of Laois in, in Shanghai, of course. But still, you know, to most most people, they're just like foreigners. They're just tourists. Right, so they just don't know anything. Like my, like my dad, like his knowledge of black of a black person is just Michael Jordan, <laughs> right? That's it. You know, no, nothing beyond that. So they just, you know, have not even assumptions because they don't even know. They haven't met one. They only have like guess. They would just guess like what you look like and then what what you do, how you act. So yeah, it's more ignorance for sure in China. Yeah. For someone who maybe has never been to China. How would you say that foreigners are treated here? Uh, very differently, <laughs> you know, like depends on who you are. Um, also depends on where you go. But um, first, in of all, generally, yeah. like generally speaking, like if you meet foreigner in person or like in social gatherings, people are still nice. And I think in China, in Shanghai, especially, foreigners are like the one of the places that they got welcomed the best in globally, but because of that, maybe I think like for um, people doing that for like twenty or thirty years, uh, a lot of people will feel salty about it, and then they mm -hmm. they can kind of like vent it out online, saying mm -hmm. that you guys are privileged in China, mm -hmm. and then you shouldn't deserve this. You you guys like morally. Moral, morally wrong thing. For example, you you're bringing girls home every night, and the neighbors just like knocking on the door, say, "You shouldn't do that." Uh, uh, they're they're not knocking on doors. They will, they will like if if they they got asked, they say the the neighbors is being asshole because like, uh, you you got a lot of uh, different women compan companions to bring them to your house, but they when they meet you, they they are still nice. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of love. There's a lot of hate. Yeah. I think that's what it is. You know, like, uh, I mean, yeah, like for me, like for us, you know, because a lot of people have has international experience here in Shanghai. So when they find somebody they can relate to, you know, there's more conversation. There's You're greeted with a lot of love. And also a lot of people from here are nice and they greet you with a lot of curiosity. But also, like you said, people are salty that you're fucking their girls. You know, <laughs> people are salty that, you know, why are these girls so into these white people? You know, why are these people like, you know, extra attractive? Why are they being, why are they getting the tables at the clubs? You know, things like that. So there is love, there is hate. You just got to know, you know, who you want to write with pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So back to the music. Mm -hmm. 
A lot of your songs have both Chinese and English. Chinese is your mother tongue,、mm-hmm. your native tongue. English is your second language.、Um, how would you describe the differences when writing raps in Chinese versus writing raps in English?、Mm, I, I feel like, it,、uh, to some extent, it depends on which one is the better way to uh, uh, elaborate things. Yeah, some, sometimes like if one thing is better to、uh, think in English, to、uh, maybe like will like use English to、uh, elaborate. Yeah, there are some phrases that just、uh, that just you、hard、know sounds better. Yeah, it's really yeah, hard to translate. translate yeah. So、um, yeah, and sometimes it just comes to you. Sometimes you know the phrase just comes to you. Like the rhymes just go, you know, just 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 pops in there. So、um, yeah. So whenever I I hear a beat. And then the the first thing that come to my mind trying to freestyle is in English.、Mm-hmm. It's of course because you listen to like English rap songs every day.、Mm-hmm. But ap- after afterwards, you just feel like you want to make the lyrics more like if you want hit people better to the, to your Chinese audience, you have to translate them into Chinese or just make a Chinese version of the flow.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the kind of how it works for me. So Chuck has some all English songs, yeah, and then obviously all Chinese songs. Is the content of the all English songs and the all Chinese songs different? Is it different message?、Uh, for me, there is a different message、Definitely. because in English, I think there is more. I have more space to play with.、Um, Like more, more sexual or、uh, maybe more.、Uh, okay. <laughs> like for example, like the song Nigiri, the line people. I mean, people, a lot of people don't get it, but the line, the the hook is hit it raw, less sashimi. I got all the rice, get on top with nigiri. So that's sexual. That's um. That's basically we're we're fucking raw, and then you should get on top, and I have all the rice. So you're you're raw, and then you make a piece <laughs> of nigiri. So that is sexual, but I'm not. I mean, I haven't. Really talked about it until like now, but it is it is sexual, but people are not gonna get it. So unless you like really know, like you know what I'm talking about.、Mm-hmm. So that gives me a lot of freedom to play with these kind of things. And even though a lot of people don't get it, it's fine because you know I I'm just happy that I that I'm able to say it. You know, so yeah. Would a line like that be too sensitive or too hardcore for your Chinese audience? Hit it raw, less sashimi in Chinese, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, as long as you don't translate it like literally in Chinese, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Well, but the thing is, I think hit it raw. If you translate it, there's no good way to translate that into Chinese. So like, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a few wrap-up questions、mm-hmm. to this interview. So each of you can answer this question. How has your experience abroad changed your entire perspective?、Hmm. I feel like、uh, people from different countries have different like value system. And、uh, from our childhood, maybe like there are two like one Chi- one one is like Chinese value system, and one is like we thought it was international, but it's actually just American、uh, value system. When I was in U.S., like I met friends from all over the world, and then I actually realized that there are so many value system directs people's lifestyles, and、uh, one thing is just to respect that. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, well, because I went to Swarthmore College, which is super, super, super liberal, 
That just uh, and, and the thing is, I I wasn't prepared for that. So it was a huge culture shock, just being how how PC people are and uh, how. Uh, you know, just how how diverse you know the whole the whole campus is, and also like you know how people are different in the world, and that uh, that just I think so. I wasn't a very good listener before. I was you know always a talker. I talk a lot, and I like I'm very loud. But I swap more because people are so different, and uh, I have to listen to understand what's going on. And uh, it's just so completely different from the environment I've been before. And I wouldn't say that I've well, I definitely have gotten more liberal. But I wouldn't say you know it, it, I'm I'm just like you know uh, uh, um, just super you know um, left right now you know uh, I'm, I mean it's definitely I'm definitely more liberal I'm more on the liberal side of things but most importantly I think it just made me think um, in a different perspective and uh, just to accept more things I'm just I just feel like right now even though I'm mad about like you know obviously like the Asian hate of the racism mm-hmm. but um, I know how to process these things better. I think I know how to process, you know, the difference better. You know, uh, I just know how to, before I met someone, you know, no matter, you know, if you're from the LGBT community, if you're from a different country, if you believe in a different religion, my first thought is always to, you know, kind of listen to what you have to say. So um, that is basically, I think, one of the most important things going to Swarthmore taught me, just like, listen first. And um, especially going to Swarthmore, I think I was, you know, one of the people that really didn't know how to do that. And I think that's, the Swarthmore taught me that, yeah. Okay. I think those two pretty much sum up uh, what I gotta say. But uh, one thing is that I feel like I kind of have the tool to to gather information more efficiently and unbiasedly because, like, living in China or living in America, it's subconsciously very biased information. Once you have the tool to equally view these two sources of information, you know they maybe kind of biased but you you have the capability to distinguish them it, it just make you feel more safe i think because objective uh, i i won't say i won't say myself as like being really objective but i just feel safe because you don't want to live in an environment that you were told something is true right mm-hmm. you you mm-hmm. you you have to have some some say in your in your way to getting the information mm-hmm. yeah okay let's go Back the other way. Okay. Um, in your opinion, what is the biggest misconception of China? You know, from the outside world? Yes. Okay. People in America, all, uh, a lot of them um, regard China as the future threat. Yeah, but actually, I don't think like a lot of Chinese really like treated ourselves that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, consider ourselves that way, because like in Chinese culture, like through the thousands of years, like we were actually not kind that type of role that like we want to take over the world. Mm-hmm. It's just like not how we think these things, think of these things. Yeah. Hmm. Uh. Well, personally, I think the one thing that um they because there's so many right there are so many like uh misconceptions like you know you guys are all rich you guys are all smart you guys are all good at math but that's are like the old ones so, like I, I mean personally like the ones that i really i'm really frustrated with is that they think we're not fun you know for me yeah because we're fun because we're super fun yeah like we 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 just like to here's the thing like <laughs> i think american people they just what happens is that Chinese people like to have fun with ourselves, you know, like, well, I mean, with, with, our, with, with Chinese people, mm-hmm. like, like a lot of, you know, it's, it's almost impossible for like a, um, like a American person 
to join like an all Chinese group, friend group. So it's very hard to do that. And uh, they, they just think that we're all just doing like, you know, nerdy things together or whatever. Like just, they, they, just, they don't really know what, what we're doing. But the thing is like, we're really fun. Like we are, uh, <laughs> we're just, uh, I mean, um, they just assume that hanging out with Chinese people is very boring and uh, they wouldn't make an effort to try to join us. And, uh, you know, but in re realistically, like in college, we're just doing the same thing. You know, we're all just drinking. You know, we're all just partying. We're just all doing, you know, whatever we're interested in, and um, we're just doing different groups. You know, um, yeah. I think personally, that 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 won't affect me a lot because you know, I I try to invite a lot of you know uh, American friends to join like our friend group, and um, uh, they would they would just assume that this is not fun and it's just make it harder for us to kind of you know. Um, you know, just just make make new friends, pretty much. So, yeah, um, I don't know, man. <laughs> I feel like a lot of times people assume like living in China is not free enough. Maybe I think, but it just I think people are facing different kind of um, challenges. It's it's just it's just different type of restraints. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. In, in a sense, we're all not that free like purely free that's a whole different debate but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what message would you guys want to give to either young people in china who want to get into hip-hop or even young people in china who are considering going to study abroad mm -hmm. in america or in any country mm -hmm. just do it <laughs> well just try it out first i think Mm -hmm. uh, it's yeah. a, it's a really fun thing to do if you, I mean, if you have the luxury to do it, you definitely have to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really cliche about the group studying abroad, but um, if you study abroad, study abroad. You know what I mean? Just if you study abroad, try to meet everybody. Not just people. Not don't just stay in your comfort zone. Okay, mm -hmm. it's super cliche, but um, a lot of people do that. A lot of people just feel like, for example, like a lot of people call like big universities, like basically like a like a like a um, like a part of kind of like part of China because there's so many Chinese people there, and they just feel like studying there is just like the same as studying in China because mm -hmm. people surrounding you are all Chinese. Right. But I feel like you know make that effort to kind of step out of the comfort zone. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, as for another question, the other question uh, for the hip hop, uh, like young kids want to do hip hop, uh, I just, I think it's just stay original, cause like, I still feel like in China, like too many rappers still like copy uh, American rapper styles. Uh, I, I think like you gotta respect the source of the culture, mm -hmm. but also like you gotta come up with your own style, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's like really, really important because like otherwise, you, like Chinese hip hop will never be at the stage of like uh, hip hop scene worldwide. Yeah. Okay. So final question: What can people expect soon from Straight Fire Gang? You're Where can they find you? Where can they follow you? Where can they hear your music? All right. So, uh, well, next big thing we're available like internationally, every everywhere. Spotify, Apple Music, and uh, and we're doing the next album. Yeah, we're, we're so, making it. Yeah, our, our, we're making our third uh, team album. 
and uh, that's usually our biggest project. So uh, you know, you, everybody can look forward to that. We are on, you know, like you said, Apple Music, uh, you know, Spotify. You know, we're on Netty's Music, obviously. We're on, you know, all the social media platforms. So yeah, look out for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If people want to follow you on social media. There's a official Straight Fire Gang account on Instagram. Yeah, Twitter. Straight Fire Gang. Yeah. We, we each have yeah. one, you know, individual. You yes. want to drop your individual IGs or Twitter oh, handles? Yeah, sure. Or, um, Hell yeah. Do you want to drop your Twitter handle, though? <laughs> 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 Mine was just SFGXAT. Say that again? SFGXAT. Okay. For yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Mine's Chuck Ziga. Mine's Rechargeable Feezy. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, All right. Thank you guys for being here. For sure. Thank for you. Sure. Yeah. Look thank forward you. to the new album. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Definitely. yeah. It's coming up. It's coming up. Once again, I'd like to thank today's guest, Straight Fire Gang. You can check out their newest album, No Rapper Lives to 100, on streaming platforms everywhere. If you like this episode of China from All Angles, hit subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a comment. And if you want more content like this, head to RadioChina.com. And we also want to say a special thank you for the support from East West Bank, the premier financial bridge between the U.S. and China. East West Bank offers unparalleled services for individuals and companies who build connections between the two countries. East West Bank, bridging cultures, bridging opportunities, bridging dreams. For more info, visit eastwestbank.com. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Radio.